Hello, welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, and uh, here we are for another, another one. Well, today I don't have really a plan of what I wanted to talk, um, so I'll just kind of ramble and, and share some insights on, on interesting things that I've learned about growth of a product. But before, let me tell you a story. So, not long ago, I bought a watch, a smart smartwatch, and I came home and realized that the watch didn't have a feature, a crucial feature that I wanted, which was a, a feature to uh, find a phone. So I went back to the store and said, hey, uh, actually, one of the main reasons why I bought this watch or a watch was to be able to find my phone. And the store owner said that, uh, unfortunately, they didn't have any watch, like smartwatch, that was able to find a phone. So I said, okay, cool, give me my money back then. And keep in mind that I had bought the watch like two or one day before. So she said, like, yeah, give me the money back and I'll go to some other store where I can buy the watch that I want. And... It was, I think, maybe around 200 bucks or something. So it's not cheap, right? And the store owner said, sorry, I cannot give the money back. And I thought, what? <laughs> this makes no sense. I came to your store. I bought something. I didn't use it. And it doesn't serve the purposes that I wanted for and I and you don't have a replacement, anything that I can buy that I want right now. Why wouldn't you give the money back? Makes no sense. You can just get the watch back and, and resell it if, if it's that good. But they said, no, no, store policy, we don't give money back. I got super upset. I got really upset. Um, and I, I noticed that now with me having a business... I get more upset when I don't have proper customer service because I try to always give the best customer service to, to my clients, right? So I kind of froze. I didn't know what, what to do. Uh, in, in the end, I ended up asking for uh, to do a formal complaint, which is something that you can do in Portugal. We have a complaints book, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, it's something that I would see more in Germany, but no, we have it here in Portugal. So it's like a formal official book where you can write a complaint. So the store owners or the employees were there. I was writing down. It was very awkward. We left. Uh, without, you know, I ended up buying something else that I didn't want it lost 200 bucks and swear to myself never to come back to that store again. And of course, that this formal complaint, I think no nothing ever happens. Um, so it got me really frustrated. And today I was waking up and thinking about this, thinking about what would be a better way to solve the situation. Because as well with us in, in Potsquiz, not super often, fortunately, but we do get some refunds, some people that want refund because they're not satisfied. And yesterday we got one, uh, someone that just paid the whole year. So 400 bucks, bam. And then because of our own fault, to be honest, our product was having some bugs with bigger files. So this person was trying to upload a file that was like 18 gigs, which is also quite huge. Uh, and we were not able to like process it properly. So and justifiably, they got upset and they said, I want the money back. And it's a huge 
it's a pain. You know, it's like it's like when you have to pay your taxes. It's so much easier when your employer already gives you the money and pays the taxes for you because you don't ever see the money that goes to the state. But when you have like getting the money and then paying some of it after like few months, you have to pay to um, to the state. It, it's it's painful. And here's the same. Like we got four hundred bucks. We were happy. We celebrated, and now it was just taken away from us. So the reason why we can easily make the decision if we are going to do the refund or not is because Joe and I are the founders. So we make the decisions. One thing that I should have done in this store, I believe, is to, instead of getting frustrated and upset, is to figure out who can actually make the decision, right? So there were three employees in that store. Normally, I believe there's one that is the manager. I didn't even ask that. But let's suppose that I would ask, hey, who is uh, capable here to make the decision? Uh, or they, they'll they be like, okay, uh, maybe this person. All right, I'll go to her and say, okay, can you give me the money back? Uh, if she can make the, that decision, then it's much easier to negotiate and understand. But why can't you give me the money? If you have this power, the power to make this, decision why are you not doing it and and we can negotiate or speak with more um at least to try to understand right because you cannot negotiate with someone that cannot make that decision it's impossible and often that's the case often you are ne negotiating with people in stores in every 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 service that cannot simply make the decision you can complain as much as you want but there's nothing they can do right so I think that's the the lesson here. Like next time I'll go and ask to talk with a person that can actually make a decision. Not because I want to overrule anyone, just because I want to solve the situation. Um, if no one in the store can make that decision, I will ask them to call someone that make, can make that decision, right? Uh, I guess in the end I'll be like talking with the CEO <laughs> if needed. But that that's the point. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Today I just woke up thinking about this because of the um, this frustrating moment. But besides that, things are not going poorly <laughs> for for a change. It seems that the product it's it's growing. It seems that the product is growing, uh, not with the same you know motion that we had at first, right and. It's funny because I want to understand why. Why, when we first launched the product, we had such a huge growth uh, that we reached 10k MRR in maybe five months, and now it's it's taking much more than that. So I have some theories, and uh, I was actually on Twitter, and, and I saw there's a few other AI products out there, of course, a few. There's tons, <laughs> but a few on the indie hacking world. And some of them are making a lot of money. There's one called PDF AI, where you can just upload your uh, PDF and you, it uses GPT to process it and you can just query it. And that one recently has also plateaued. So they also build in public, which is really nice. And I can see that there was a huge growth, uh, similar to our growth, but it didn't stop. So you only stop at around five, uh, 50k MRR. And then it completely plateaued. Literally, like it seems that in a few days or in a, in a few weeks, it just plateaued, which it was kind of scary because it was growing really fast. Um, and 
I've seen also other other products that are now at seven seventy k MRR and they don't seem to be plateauing yet. So there is the uh, the question that I ask to you and to myself is why why is this happening? Why is that that some products grew more and plateau later? And it's not about the the churn, by the way. It's not about the churn because a lot of these products, believe it or not, have higher churn than ours. Ours is around ten percent. A lot, some of them have like thirty percent, thirty percent churn. It's crazy. So it's not about the churn. So it must only be because of the size of the market, which is something that, by the way, my co-founder John has been saying a lot. Um, but it makes sense, right? So. Let's analyze this. When you first launch a product and it's something completely new, you will have the early adopters. Early adopters are the, the people that will immediately try your product. Even if there are some bugs, even if it's new, they are excited about new technology and they want to try it out. And then you have the early majority. The early majority are kind of the mainstream, the beginning of the mainstream. And often there's a gap, a gap, a cliff before, before the early adopters and the early majority. And that's where actually a lot of products die. So when we first launched PodSqueeze, and it was something new, right? We were launching for a market of podcasters. Just for you to understand, there are around 5 million podcasts out there. And from these 5 million podcasts, only around 5,000 are active. Not 5,000, sorry, 500,000 are active. So that are posting still every week or so. So it's it's quite a small market. It's a very small market, right? But we had something in our favor, which was we just launched a complete new product using AI, something that no one ever seen before, something that was not possible to do before we launched Pod Squeeze. Uh, of course, that we launched together with a few competitors, but it was completely new. So we just got all that buzz, all that early adopters. When they saw this, they got excited and they started immediately buying the product. And that's why we got such huge growth. That's why you see such huge growth in all AI-related products, because they are testing a new, brand new market. They have a brand new product solving a problem with a completely new solution. And people are super excited. They they need to try this out. It's like the, what's happening now with the the goggles from Apple, Apple IV. Well, I don't know, like this VR goggles headset that they're using. Everyone is talking about it. It's completely new, right? There's nothing like it. Launching Pod Squeeze now. Let's say we just were launching it now. It would be a completely different story because it's not new anymore. So this early adopters and these innovators, they'll be like, yeah, I know that. I, I don't need to try it out because I'm already using it, right? So it would be too late. But we were lucky. We were lucky because we saw this new technology coming to game and we took advantage of it. Now, my question is, what if we would have picked a different market? So I was telling you before that there was another product and now I don't remember the, the creator, but it was getting to 70k MRR and still growing. This product is in, uh, it's a resume maker using AI. So that you can just make a CV. So the market of people searching for jobs, it's huge. It's in the billions, right? Like there's tons of people in the world searching for jobs. 
So it's imagine the podcasters, there are five million. The people searching for jobs, they're like millions, not millions, billions maybe. So it's much, a much bigger market. Of course, that not all of them will be looking for AI CV maker, but as not all of the podcasters will be looking for a PodSquiz type product. It's just that there are much more possibilities. So that's why they keep growing. So if there's something that I've learned is to understand better the market. Number one, you need to, some, to have something completely new. If you want to, ha to have that kind of growth, that kind of um, hockey stick growth, you need to have something completely new, something that will get the early innovators excited, that they'll be like, okay, I need to try that. And second of all, you need to have a big market. If you have that big market, then you'll have more early adopters and then your hockey stick will last longer. From then on, it's a different game. From then on, is the game of marketing, real marketing, the game of getting to the early majority. One of the biggest mistakes we have done, and I've, I've told you this before in the podcast, is that when we first launched PodSqueeze and we got this growth due to the, the factors that I just uh, explained, we were super excited and we thought, okay, this will never going to stop because we didn't know about this. We didn't know about the early majority and about the market size. So we just assumed, no, this is amazing. You know, this is what product market fit looks like. It's just growing like crazy, right? And we thought, okay, there's no way this is going to stop soon because look at this curve. It's crazy. And we neglected marketing in general. We neglected sources of marketing that were more sustainable, namely SEO, um, YouTube, social media, partnerships, all of that. We didn't know anything. The only thing we were doing was basically uh, cold email and, and it was just growing. Of course, then once we got to all the early innovators, right, because at the same time, the market became more saturated, saturated, we got more competitors. So like we were even like competing for these early innovators or early adopters. So we reached this plateau of early early adopters for quite soon. And then we said, okay, what now? How do we get to the early majority? How to gain, you know, how, how can we gain from our competitors? We have nothing. We have no SEO. We have no marketing. So we, there was like a few months of like three months or four months where we stopped everything just to figure out the marketing strategy. And that's why we plateaued and that's why we're losing MRR. At some point, we're actually going down and we're really frustrated. Now, I think a lot of people would have given up there. A lot of people would be like, okay, this is just the market. And to be honest, even like my co-founder, he was saying that, no, there's nothing else we can do. It's just this plateau. There's nothing we can do. Fortunately, we had this chat with this you know, Portuguese, um, this Portuguese uh, v VC or like entrepreneur. And he told us about this and he kind of opened our eyes to this possibility of the early innovators and the early majority. Uh, and this does not mean that we are now going to just keep growing. I don't know. But we can already see some results. We started investing in SEO, in marketing, different types of uh, sustainable marketing. Now we are trying to do YouTube as well. But even though it's a growing market, by the way, like the pod podcasting market is growing quite heavily, it's quite small still. So the question that remains is, can we ever expect to have that type of growth once more, the growth that we had at the beginning? And the answer for me, I think it's no. 
if we keep things going like they are, we will never expect that type of rapid growth, which is not a bad thing. This is not a bad thing because at least we are growing. Now we are getting into the market and we are still growing. It's a linear growth. Maybe it's not as heavy and exciting as, as uh, in the beginning, but we are still growing. And that's good, right? Growth is good. We will eventually get to our, uh, whatever, 50K MRR, 100K MRR, even that. I think that's still possible because the market is big enough. Now we just need to, you know, tune in all our marketing to get there. But what if we start going to different markets? What if we identify kind of virgin territory, like the one we had when we first created PodSquiz? And there are a few ideas, right? A few ideas that we can do. For instance, we can now try to go to the YouTube marketing because there are 5 million, 5 million podcasts, but I think there's, I don't want to wrong you, but I think 300 million YouTube accounts, YouTube channels. So it's a much more bigger market. Can we get into there? Yes, maybe we can. Maybe we can. We have now clips. You can now generate clips with PodSqueeze, right? A lot of YouTubers, they want to kind of repurpose their content into shorts. So maybe they can use. So let's use that. Let's try to tap into that market. Maybe we will not see that huge growth because there are already a lot of clip makers, but we can tap into that market and get some of the early innovators from there. What about content writers? People that write blog posts. A lot of people, they want to write blog posts, but they want to type. They just want to talk. Why don't we have like a little functionality that allows people to record directly from their phones and generate all the assets they need? Then they can immediately just talk to their phones and get a blog post and get tweets and get LinkedIn posts, everything. So maybe we can get into that content writing kind of channel. So there are a few features that we can bring to PodSqueeze that will allow us to tap into different markets, right? So that's a great way. What about, as well, what about getting into markets that are not English-speaking? Translate our whole website into Spanish, and maybe we can still snack, snap, snack, I don't know, get some of those early innovators that do not speak English, and we can get them because they speak Spanish, and we are the first ones to get there right? It's all about being the first. It's all about being one of the first and get those early innovators. If you want to have that huge growth that we've seen before, it's all about that, getting a new product out there, something that no one ever, ever seen. And and the market needs to be big enough so that there's enough early innovators that will pay gladly for your product. Yeah, so that's basically the lesson. That's basically the lesson. I don't have anything else to tell you uh, today. Um, yeah, I hope I, I've noticed that this podcast has kind of decreased a little bit, and I've seen on on Twitter that few people said that now because I'm not as relatable, <laughs> right? Because I guess not a lot of people um, have a product making you know 10k MRR or 15k MRR uh, that they don't like it so much, <laughs> which is crazy. Like I mean, um, I understand, I understand. Uh, but at the same point, at the same time, makes me a little bit sad, right? Because I'm still one of you, right? I'm still a bootstrapper, uh, an indie maker, and I hope that me narrating my journey will help you get to where I am now and, and even more, right? That That's the goal with this podcast. So if you want me to talk about other topics as well, uh, make sure to just shoot me a message on Twitter, WB Tiago, or to... Uh, 
yeah, just find me on LinkedIn or whatever and reach out to me. Send me a message. Say what, uh, what you really think about this podcast. And if you really like it, share it with your friends, your indie maker friends. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to The Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time.